0: Welcome to The War. From Boise, Idaho, this is your host, Adam Graham. If you have a comment, email it to me, uh, box13 at greatdetectives.net. While Loman Abner was one of the most uh, patriotic series during uh, World War II, their overall format didn't really lend itself to the show, because they told long, serialized stories, and would uh, usually just include a public service announcement or two about the war, inappropriate episodes. But Lum and Abner also made films, and one of those films was adapted by the Screen Guild Theater. So This is Washington was originally released uh, in theaters in August of 1943. However, it didn't hit the Screen Guild Theater till March the 12th of 1945. Uh, so here now, Lum and Abner in So This is Washington.
1: Lady Esther presents the Screen Guild Players. Lady Esther Screen Guild play tonight. So this is Washington. The starring players. This is Lom.
2: And this is Abner. This is Jimmy Gleason.
1: Tonight, Lady Esther presents the Screen Guild Players in another delightful yarn about two lovable old codgers you all know. The Lady Esther Screen Guild Players present Lumman Abner and Jimmy Gleason in RKO Pictures, So This is Washington. It's late evening in Pine Ridge. Well, it's about 8 30, and in Pine Ridge, that's late. The town is blanketed in darkness now, all except the feed room of the Jottam Down store, where Abner Peabody is busily working with a number three junior Misto chemistry set. His partner, Lum Edwards, attracted by the light, stands in the doorway.
2: And they hold it with Abner,
3: to... what are you doing here this time of the night?
2: Huh? Oh, well, howdy, Lum
3: what are you cooking there? Smells terrible.
2: Oh, it's just some chemicals, Mom. See, I've decided to become a great chemist.
3: Chemist? I thought I told you to quit monkeying around with that junk.
2: Well, I'm just now getting good at it, Mom. See, I'm inventing a lot of stuff here that we can sell in the jot down store.
3: Mm. If it smells as bad as that junk, nobody could get close enough to it to buy any of it.
2: Well, it ain't all like that. See, I've had good luck with my new beautifying mud pack. Mud pack? Yeah, you, you know what, Lum? I, I slapped a pack on my warmer Elizabeth's face a couple of days ago. You know, it's supposed to make her skin nice and smooth.
3: Yeah, well, did it help her any?
2: <laughs> well, I don't know, Lum. She looks so much better with the pack on, I just hate to take it off. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I
3: don't believe we'll ever sell many of them things. What else have you invented?
2: Well, I was uh, working on some uh, invisible ink, but then I give that up, sort of. Well, give it up? What for
3: that sounds a little more sensible.
2: Well, see, long as it's invisible, I'm—I um, never could tell when I was done making it. Oh. <laughs> Anyways,
3: that's right. I never thought about that. It'd be a big waste too. When you're filling the bottles with it, you couldn't tell when they're full, and you spill a lot of it.
2: Why sure. <laughs> I might drown in the stuff and never even know it.
3: <laughs> yeah, I, I'm glad you give that up. Yeah,
2: yeah. But
3: what's that awful stuff you're boiling on the stove there in the stew kettle?
2: Oh, that's just uh. Say, that, that reminds me. Uh, Lom, would you pick up that kettle for me there?
3: Well, I'd be glad to get that junk off of the stove. Uh,
2: here, you better use them towels, Lom. That's hot. Yeah, that's it, that's
3: it. That smells awful. What do you want me to do with it?
2: Uh, just shake it. That's it. Shake it a little harder now. I'm doing it. Huh. Yeah, that's a relief. Huh. What do you mean? Really? Uh, I'd have feared it might explode. That's dynamite.
3: Dynamite?
2: <laughs> yeah, uh, uh...
3: Abner, take that stuff and throw it out of here before it blows us all to pieces.
2: Throw it out? I wouldn't touch that kettle for $10,000.
3: <laughs> Abner, you've just got to give up this silly chemistry junk. It's too dangerous.
2: Why, uh... Dogies, wait a minute. What's the matter with me? That weren't my dynamite. (laughs) I wondered why it never blowed you up.
3: (laughs) Thought thought she's a failure, huh?
2: Oh, I was awful disappointed. (laughs) That's my new licorice candy.
3: Licorice candy?
2: Yeah, I never can tell them two apart. Well, that dynamite is a little bit sweeter, I believe. Now, there's something you can't complain about, Lum. I've been selling that licorice for two or three days now.
3: Wait a minute. Is that the licorice we've got up there in the candy case?
2: Why, sure.
3: Well, that stuff's no good.
2: Well, folks have been buying
3: it, ain't they? Yeah, but not to eat. Huh? Cedric's been using it to patch his automobile tires with. Oh,
2: yeah.
3: Grandpappy Spears made himself some sleeve garters out of yeah, it. Yeah,
2: they're good ones, too.
3: The youngins has been using them for slingshots.
2: Yeah, one of them youngins shot Miss Johnson right between the back porch and the smokehouse, sir.
3: wait a minute. Did you actually make that stuff, Abner?
2: Yeah, see, I just took some sweet gum and then. Well, I...
3: don't tell me. Don't tell that to nobody. Huh? From now on, that formula is a military secret. Huh? You get right home and pack your valise. My valise? Me and you are going to take that stuff right direct to Washington. To Mr. Marshall.
2: Marshall? Who's
3: he? He's head of the Civilian Aid in the War Effort, Incorporated. He is? Yes, sir. That's one of the things he's looking for.
2: Oh, now, Mom. No feller in Washington's got time to sit around there chewing on licorice candy. This
3: ain't licorice. It ain't licorice, I tell you. Huh? No, you've made something else here.
2: I have? Well, good for me. Hooray, hooray. <laughs> I know I do it. I know. What is it? <laughs>
3: you've invented synthetics rubber. <laughs>
4: Welcome to Washington, gentlemen, and welcome to our hotel. And, uh, can I do anything for you? Well, uh, all we want is a room. Why, certainly. I can give you a nice, large, beautiful room the day after the war is over.
2: Good. We'll just sit
4: in these chairs and wait. Those. those chairs? Do you have a reservation?
3: No, uh. nothing fancy, mister. All we want's is a room. Well, now, I might just possibly have something. Step right over here to the elevator, please.
2: Yeah, we don't need too big a room. Just a couple of beds.
3: Uh, Just
5: a moment, please.
2: Oh, Oh, sorry
5: to disturb you, Senator. Uh, Too bad, gentlemen. The elevator's taken.
2: Uh, look here, mister. All we want is just a room.
6: Just a moment, gentlemen. I was just phoning upstairs to see about one. A fellow died in 712.
3: Good. I mean... uh... Hello?
6: Room 712? Is that room available now? Oh, I see. Y- you mean we got here in time? You're just ten seconds too late. The undertaker beat you to
4: it.
2: Mom, I just can't walk no further. I'm all stove up from sleeping on that bad gum park bench.
3: Well, just hold out for a couple of more steps. Mr. Marshall's office is on this floor.
2: Oh, I'm tired to death.
3: Yeah, we'll run in and see him and then we can go back to Pine Ridge and get some sleep. Hurry up.
2: I'm coming, I'm coming. Here, eat one another banana.
3: Oh, for pity's sake, Abner, stop eating them bananas. Body'd think you's from the country.
2: Well, we've got to eat something. We ain't been able to get no lunchroom around here.
3: Wait a minute. Here's his office. Now, let me do all the talking. (laughs) Look, miss, I've got to see Mr. Marshall. I've been in Washington two weeks now. I've got a great invention here. And And
6: I've got a wife, and I've got to get back home. Gentlemen,
5: gentlemen, please. Mr. Marshall will see you all, but you'll have to wait your turn. Uh,
3: Excuse me, ma'am, but I'm Lum Edwards, and this here's Abner Peabody, and we've got
5: to see... I'll take your names. You'll have to wait like the others. Uh My invention can't wait. Look...
6: You just pull on other string, and the parachute stops and shoots back up in the air.
5: I know. You've explained that a hundred times. And
6: mine really is urgent, miss. The Army needs it. Elephant tablets.
2: Elephant tablets? You mean it makes a soldier big as an elephant? Oh, no. No, it gives him the memory of an elephant. Never oh. forgets
6: a thing. Harmless, too. i take them myself.
3: Penny's, don't they have no peculiar effect on you?
6: Oh, none at all. None at all. Say, anybody got any peanuts?
2: <laughs>
3: I never heard so many wild ideas in my life. We might as well be listening to the Senate.
2: Yeah, well, come on, let's go. I ought to say anything for a laugh. Oh, me, Lum, I'm just plumb wore out. Don't look like we're ever going to see Mr. Marshall or find a place to sleep in either one. I, I'll bet the only vacant room in town is Eleanor's.
3: No... We're lucky to find an empty park bench again, though. And you know, I wouldn't have missed this trip for nothing, Abner. Ever citizen order to see the capital here, you know it?
2: Want a banana?
3: No. Take that Lincoln Memorial statue. Now, there's the inspiringest one thing I ever seen in my life that the government of the people, by the people, for the people shall not perish from the earth.
2: Did he get that from Charles Lawton? <laughs>
3: And over there's something else inspiring Washington's Monument Where? Right over, yonder. Honor Just look at that
2: Huh Oh, good, I never knowed he looked that way No wonder he had to wear a three-cornered hat With a pointed head like that <laughs> General,
3: that ain't a statue of him That's a monument to him
2: He could have cut down that cherry tree with his shoulder blades Abner,
3: I'm trying to tell you that ain't no statue. My dog
2: is long. I know why it don't look like him. They got it upside down.
3: All right, all right. Let it go. You
2: know what they done. They sharpened that thing and then drove the wrong end in the ground. Sure to work. Just
3: forget all about it. You know, Abner, I sure enjoyed watching the Senate at work today. They said some awfully important stuff there while we was there.
2: Uh... Exactly what did they say, Loma? I, I never did figure out what they was talking about.
3: Oh, oh, couldn't you follow that?
2: I believe I jumped the track there somewhere.
3: They, they was appointing an investigating committee.
2: Well, what's a committee supposed to investigate?
3: They're supposed to investigate the investigating committee. They they appointed the day before.
2: Well, what was the first committee supposed to investigate?
3: Well, that's what the second committee's supposed to find out.
2: Oh... Uh, I think there's
6: room on this bench here, Senator. Ah, yes, Congressman. You
3: don't mind, gentlemen.
2: Uh, oh, no, no. Go ahead. Sit down. Sit down. Have a banana, Senator.
6: Abner. am <clears throat> No, no. Thank you. I never know. Congressman, as I was saying, I want to do something about the situation in our state. But I'm helpless. You say the soil is completely arid. What wasn't blown away in 38 is now parched by last year's drought. And still, my bill for reclamation gets nowhere. I'm at my wit's end. I sympathize with you, Senator. I know
4: exactly how you feel.
6: They tell me if I could find a cheap way of having it done.
3: I know a cheap way. Worms will do it. I beg your pardon. Were you talking to me? Yeah, I said if you had worms. If
2: I had? Oh, he 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 don't mean you personal. He means a soil. See, worms makes the ground just fine for growing things in. You mean earthworms. Why, sure.
3: There's a special kind you can get. Now, we had a drought one year in Pine Ridge, and them worms practically saved our lives. (laughs) Recollect that? Oh,
2: yeah, sure. Well, Al Potter's still raising them out there on his place.
3: And they ain't expensive, neither. Al will sell you a bucketful for a quarter. Yes, but gentlemen, I have an entire state to cover.
2: Well, you'll you'll need more than one bucket, then. (laughs) I... I'm afraid it would run into too
3: much money. No, it wouldn't. Uh, they're fast breeding them worms
2: there. Oh, yeah. You get a mom and pop a worm, and before you can say Robinson Curso, uh, uh, you I, I,
3: am, I, I no need to go into detail. <laughs> Gentlemen, this is splendid, splendid. Hi, George, wait a minute.
6: Maybe you men can help me with my problem, too. Now, my state... Good afternoon.
4: This is your Washington reporter with another interesting lead story for today. In the past week, two startling new personalities have made a terrific impression on this town. Two kindly old gentlemen from an unknown hill town in Arkansas have become a sort of dual oracle, consulted by some of the capital's best minds. Ministers without portfolio, they sit on a park bench, eat bananas, and dispense their advice to all who seek it. And believe me, a lot of that advice makes sense. As this reporter predicted... Mr. Marshall's civilian aid in the war effort incorporated continues to be a complete dud. Rather than uncovering any war-shortening inventions, Marshall has succeeded only in turning his office into a rendezvous
5: for a gang of lunatics who...
6: There he goes, taking another crack at me. Miss Jones, I'm going to sue that man for libel. On
5: what grounds, Mr. Marshall? You know our outer office is jammed with people who are a little... I
6: know, I know. I'd hope to make this a clearinghouse for good, sound, scientific ideas, but so far... Well, frankly, I don't know where to turn now.
5: Well, there's those two park bench sages, Lum Edwards and Abner Peabody.
6: What? A man like me to go to men like them? Miss Jones, when I go and ask their advice, you can rest assured it'll be a long
3: day. Yeah, sorry, sorry, folks. That's all for today. I'll see you tomorrow morning. But, gentlemen, I'm next in line. Yeah, I'm sorry, mister. This is our short day.
2: Yeah, we always knock off early on Wednesday.
3: You see, we gotta have some time to tend to what we come to Washington for in the first place. Come on, Abner. But, 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 gentlemen, this will only take a moment. Oh, sorry, sorry. We, we've got to get over to that funny looking building over there to see a certain feller.
6: The Octagon building? I'm going there, too. We can talk as we
3: walk. Well, we'd rather you wouldn't follow us, because what we want to see this feller is about is sort of a military secret. By the way, Abner, have you still got the synthetics R-U-B-E-R with you?
2: Yeah, yeah, right here in this B-O-K-S box. <laughs> now, no, no, uh, gentlemen, if you just let me state my
3: problem. <laughs> Not now. Now, that, that Marshal's a hard man to catch, and we don't want to miss him today. Marshal? Did you say
6: Marshal? P W. Why, that's me. I'm
3: P.W. Marshall. Huh? huh? Hi, grannies, wait a minute. Put her there, Mr. Marshall. We got to get into the huddle.
6: You mean you're going to listen to me?
3: Well, not exactly. You're going to listen to us.
1: As the curtain falls on Act One of the Lady Esther Screen Guild players... the spotlight turns to you. Do you shrink from the glare of bright lights? Do you lose confidence when eyes are close? For new assurance you've never known before... listen to this message from Lady Esther.
7: Often it's just some one little thing about your appearance... that makes the difference between lack of confidence in yourself... and complete poise and assurance. For example... You may have a dry, rough skin on which face powder looks all ruffled up and flaky. Well, that can disturb your entire personality and just when you want to be at your best. So here's what I'd like you to do before powdering. It will make a wonderful change in your appearance, and it will give you a marvelous new feeling of confidence in yourself. Just rub a little Lady Esther face cream on your skin, and then wipe it off, gently but completely. You see, Lady Esther face cream loosens the dry, clinging particles of skin nature is trying to throw off. And when you wipe off the cream, along with it come all those rough little flakes, leaving only the new, young skin, which is smooth as velvet. And on this new skin, your powder takes on a fresh, vibrant look, a clear, translucent look. Now, if you want proof of all this, make the Lady Esther patch test. Just rub a little Lady Esther face cream on one patch of skin, like one cheek. Wipe it off and apply your powder. Then compare that side of the face with the other. Feel the difference with your fingers and see the difference in your mirror. The patch test takes only 30 seconds, half a minute. But it tells more in that half a minute than I could say in an hour. You can still make the Lady Esther patch test tonight. So go to your drugstore if you possibly can and get a jar of Lady Esther for-purpose face cream.
1: And now, Lady Esther presents the second act of our delightful comedy, So This is Washington, with Lum and Abner in their usual characters, and Jimmy Gleason as Mr. Marshall. Well, it doesn't take long for Lum and Abner to show Mr. Marshall what they've got. Marshall is pretty excited over uncovering something as important as a new synthetic rubber, and he sees this as an opportunity to vindicate himself in the eyes of the press. Consequently, he has assembled a group of news reporters, along with government and war officials, to witness Abner's demonstration.
2: <laughs>
3: well, uh, I
1: believe they're about ready for you, Abner. you
3: sure you can recollect how to cook up that rubber now?
2: Why, sure, sure. Uh, just take some sweet gum. Hey,
3: Chubb, oh. hey, don't tell that formula to nobody, not even me. Recollect, this is war.
2: Oh, excuse me.
3: And for pity's sakes, don't start eating another banana now. Right in front of all these important people.
2: I can't help it. I'm hungry in front or in back, of them. Well,
3: put it down. We don't want these folks to think you're back, would Oh, don't lay it there. Well, you said... Never that. mind, never mind. Mr. Marshall, signaling them for you.
6: All right, Mr. Peabody. Right over here, please.
3: Get up, Abner, and try to act dignified.
6: Yeah, yeah. Well, here I go.
3: Yeah, watch out where you're stepping. oh
6: <laughs> Oh my goodness. Are you hurt, Mr. Peabody?
3: Dad, blame it. I told him not to put that banana on the floor. Abner, you idiot, get up. Abner? Abner! I agree, he's, he's unconscious. Miss Jones,
6: Miss Jones, call a doctor, quick.
3: Doctor, is, is he going to
5: be all right? Yes, I think so. He struck his head a good blow, but there's no sign of fracture. Oh. Probably not even a serious concussion. Oh! Wait, uh, I think he's coming to now. Oh! Uh, can you hear me?
2: i was going to put it on in the window there.
5: Can you hear me,
3: sir?
2: Huh? Uh, yeah, sure, I can hear
3: you. H- how do you feel, Abner? Oh,
2: I'm
3: fine, fine. That's fine. good. Well, I reckon we can get ahead with it.
6: Get ahead with what? Oh, you know, sir. The rubber demonstration.
2: We're waiting to see the synthetic rubber mixed. Mixing synthetic rubber. Well, of course. I know it. That sounds right interesting. I'd like to see that myself.
3: Now, <laughs> uh, listen here, Abner. Say, who
2: to... is this backwoodsy old varmint here anyway? Who is he? Why, that's Lum Abner. Lom Abner. <laughs> Don't get such a name. If I had a name now, like Now, that.
3: listen. Will you stop acting smart? We're waiting for the rubber to demonstrate.
2: Well, so am I. If you'll just shut up, maybe we can see it. All right, come on, let's get started. I ain't gonna wait all day for this, you know.
3: Abner, what in the world's the matter
5: with you? I I think I know. Amnesia. Amnesia. Gentlemen, I'll have to check him very carefully. I think you'd better wait outside.
6: fine thing to have synthetic rubber in the palm of my hand and not know how it's made.
3: I know Abner was going to get in trouble with them bananas sooner or later. You're the one I'm blaming, not letting him tell you his formula. Sheer stupidity. Well, I, I figured it was a military secret. Poor Abner. I, I sure wish that doctor would get done with him in there.
6: Well, here they come now.
2: Yeah, I told you, Doc. I told you I was in perfect conditions. Yes, sir, you can put me right in 1A right now. And I won't consider joining nothing except the Marines, neither.
5: Abner.
4: Or
2: if they're filled up, I would join a paratrooper, I reckon. Abner. What's this feller calling me Abner for? That ain't my name.
3: What is your name, sir?
2: Why, it's, uh, it's, uh, Buster V. Davenport.
3: Buster V. Davenport? Yep, that's
2: me, kid, right here.
3: For the land's sakes, where did you ever get my name? Got any... my
2: initials right here on my underpants. Look, read them yourself. Right there, BVD. <laughs> come on now, let's get ahead to signing me up here. do oh, you can't make it too quick for me. I want to get in here. I come all the way from Paris, France, just to do my bit, boy.
3: Paris, France. Where'd you ever get that idea?
2: Who is this fella that keeps picking on me? I said, Paris. got it wrote down right on my garters. Doctor seen it, didn't you, Doc?
5: Uh, uh yes, 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 I did. Uh, look, I have to confer with my uh, colleagues here. Would you mind waiting in the other office?
2: No, 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 I'll talk to your colleagues all you want to. I might write a postcard to my relays back in France while I'm gone. I... <laughs>
5: Doc, is there anything we can do? Well, there's a drastic measure that's been known to work. He lost his memory from a blow on the head. Another blow in the same locality. Uh, uh, I,
3: I don't like that. Could kill him. And that's sort of serious. Yes, yes, it is.
6: Look, man, I don't care how, but you've got to bring his memory back. This rubber formula
5: is vital to the nation. Well, familiar sights and faces might do the trick. I suggest you take him back to his hometown.
3: How about it, Abner? You're back home again. These are all your old Pine Ridge friends. Don't you recognize any of them?
2: That's a homeless-looking bunch of yard dogs i ever seen. <laughs> <laughs> Say, what are we looking for, anyway, a Japanese spy? Well, not exactly. They don't look like no Japanese spies to me, none of them. Our dog is, waiting. a it. Just a minute. There's your spy. There's a face I wouldn't trust nowhere. But, oh, well,
3: Abner, you idiot, you're looking in the mirror. <laughs>
2: Nice lady.
3: looking feller. Doc, can I talk to you and Mr. Marshall a minute? Why, of course. We can step into the back room here. Look here, Doctor. What'll we do?
5: Well, the other methods haven't worked, Mr. Marshall. I'm afraid we must
3: resort to that last desperate chance. No, 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 sir, no, sir. Abner ain't going to be whopped on the head, I'll tell you that. I'd rather they stay the way he is than have that happen to him. But I
6: tell you, it's your patriotic duty. You mean I'd be patriotic? Don't you understand? It's a national crisis. Country's crying for rubber.
3: Well, when you put it that way, Mr. Marshall, I've got an old croquet mallet back here. Lum, you mean you will? Well, I'm the best friend he's got in the world. If anybody's going to whop him, I'm the one to do it.
2: Here, man, I ain't got no time to argue. All I want to do is get inaducted here. What do you fellas want to see me about anyway?
6: Why, no, we just want you to sit at this table and look at this seed catalog, that's all. That's
2: all. Oh, oh say, you, you dropped your croquet mallet there. Here, I'll get it for you.
3: Uh, oh, yeah, much obliged.
2: Oh, not at all.
3: Now, what I'm going to do, Abner, is, uh, well, ask you some questions. Sort of a intelligence test, so you can be inducted.
2: Oh, well, good. Good for me. Yeah, what are you standing back of me for?
3: Well, uh, see, I know the answers, you see, and if I stand out in front there, I might give you a hint accidental, and that'd be cheating.
2: Oh, yeah, well, I don't want to cheat, no, sir, no, sir. Hell, let's get started. Yes, 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 let's get started. Oh, yeah. Well, go ahead. Give me a good hard one. <laughs> <laughs> Well, go on, let me have it.
3: Abner, this is hurting me worse than it's going to hurt you.
2: All right, is what you quit calling me Abner. Who is this Abner feller, anyway?
3: Best friend I ever had. The finer feller never drawed breath.
2: Reckon he didn't have no faults at all, huh? Well,
3: some, I reckon. There was a time he might not married me to the widow Abernathy. He knowed I despised her. Never liked her neither, as far as that goes. <laughs>
2: That's just about the kind of a trick I figured he'd pull, up, varmint.
3: Well, I don't think he really done it on purpose. Abner ain't the kind.
2: Ah, you did too. I know the type. That snake in the weeds. Now
3: wait a minute. You got him wrong. He How many never...
2: younguns has the widow got for you to support?
3: Listen, I ain't married to her. I never oh, was. separated,
2: huh? How much alimony is this Abner making you pay to her?
3: I ain't paying no alimony to her. Oh,
2: Abner's taking it all. He eh? even cheats poor old widow women. They order tar and him. He ain't taking all no. He's he a fine good he's man. Now, fellows, let's not
3: keep out of this, Marshal. You know little varmint, You say another word again, Abner, and I'll I'll knock you right on the head with this. Uh, Excuse me, Mr. Marshall. I never meant to hit you. I was aiming to whop this little critter right here. Oh, Oh, Abner, I'm sorry. I I didn't really mean to. It, It slipped. Abner, say something.
2: Hey, what are we doing back
3: home here, Long? Abner, you call me Long.
2: Why, natural. That's what I've always called you.
3: You've got your memory back. Can you recollect the formula now for your synthetics rubber?
2: Why, of course I can. I ain't never forgot it.
3: Aye, uh, grannies, we're saved. The country saved. You hear that, Mr. Marshall?
2: Mr. Marshall?
3: <laughs> you look sort of cute. Uh, are you all right, Mr. Marshall?
6: Marshall? <laughs> Why, yes. Ain't that your name? No, sir. I'm Buster V. Davenport of Paris, France. Uh... <laughs>
1: Thank you. Thank you, Lummon Abner and Jimmy Gleason, for a most amusing half hour. Now, Mr. Bradley, don't carry on about that. Me and Abner's glad to be here. And Mr. Gleason, too.
2: Why, sure. Everybody knows about the wonderful work being done by the Motion Picture Relief Fund at its country house. This radio program helps to carry on that work, and we think it's an honor to participate.
6: And may I add that goes for Jimmy Gleason, too?
1: Thank you all again. Now, before we tell you about next week's Lady Esther Screen Guild program... Here's a word from one of America's best-known beauty authorities, Lady Esther.
7: Seeing is believing. That's why I want you to see with your own eyes exactly what happens when you apply Lady Esther for purpose face cream. I want you to take half a minute to prove how much fresher and lovelier your skin will look than it's ever looked before. You can make my simple test in the time you count 30. Just rub Lady Esther face cream on one cheek, then wipe it off, and run your fingers over that cheek. Feel the difference. Feel how smooth and silky it is to your touch. Now powder that cheek and see the difference. See how the dull, drab look is gone. How your skin has taken on new life, new beauty. You see, Lady Esther Face Cream does all these four things. One, it thoroughly cleans your skin. Two, it softens your skin. Three, it helps nature refine the pores. And four, it leaves a smooth, perfect base for powder. Remember, you can prove all this in just 30 seconds, half a minute, with the patch test. So get a jar of Lady Esther four-purpose face cream and make the patch test at your very first opportunity.
1: Next week, the Lady Esther Screen Guild players will present Next Time We Love. It will star Robert Cummings and Joan Fontaine. Be sure to listen. Lum and Abner can be heard on their own radio program for Alka-Seltzer Monday through Thursdays over another network. Jimmy Gleason is currently making the Paramount picture The Well-Groomed Bride. So This is Washington is a Jack William Botion production released through RKO Radio Pictures. Music on tonight's program was arranged and conducted by Wilbur Hatch. Thank you. This is CBS, the Columbia Broadcasting System.
0: Welcome back. While it may not have been the most sophisticated humor, I definitely appreciate it. Plus, you have this sense of the uh, way things were in the golden age of uh, radio, where they were so associated with the character, they weren't even introduced as Chester Locke and Norris Goth, but they introduced themselves as Lum and Abner at the start of the program. Uh well, in addition to uh, I mentioned those public service announcements uh Lum and Abner also would occasionally take breaks in the plot uh to do one off uh lengthy uh episodes focusing on a single topic and they didn't do this too often but they but this is a good example of that uh there was definitely a need for people to go into the Merchant Marine and they present their case in this uh, aptly titled uh, A about of Merchant Marines from October 5th of 1944. No doubt a uh, great boost for uh, recruitment. I love how they do that with humor, even while they're delivering a serious message. So I hope you enjoyed it, And if people ask you what, if you liked it, that you'll say AA. One and Abner.
1: going on down in Pine Ridge. Well, Lung came off victorious in the election for school board president yesterday, and although he doesn't admit it, is quite elated over regaining his old post. Today, as we look in on the little community, we find him in the Jotham Down store and library giving some instructions to Abner and Grandpappy Spears. Listen. Yeah, here, here, Abner, here's the
3: parts you and Grandpap are going to do. Oh. Uh, you can read them over and get started getting familiar with your lines.
2: Right? Yeah, 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 all right.
3: right. reckon where Cedric and Mousy are at. Well,
2: I just called over to Cedric's place, and his mama said him and Mousy left there some time ago, so they ought to be here any minute now, I reckon.
3: Oh, well, we stayed hurry.
2: What's the matter, Grandpap? You having trouble reading your part there? Well,
3: I can read it all right. I just can't figure out what this whole pigeon-toed thing is about.
2: Well, I don't know exactly myself. It's... Some play at
3: Long Road up, and we're going to put it on over at the schoolhouse Saturday night. Well, it's more than just a play, Abner. It's a patriotic thing. Oh, it is, huh? See, long as I'm a leading citizen and president of the school board now, I was asked to help out with a campaign to recruit fellas for the merchant marines.
2: Merchant marines? Yeah.
3: So I figured the best way to do it is to put on a play and show the folks exactly how important them merchant seamen's are. Let them see with their own eyes.
2: Well, is that what we're going to be in the play, merchant seamen?
3: Well, some of us are. Oh. Uh-huh. I might be a captain or an admiral or something like that.
2: Yeah, I figured that. Well, what do they want to
3: recruit seamen for? Ain't they
2: got enough already?
3: Granny, no. Some articles they sent me said they were going to need 43,000 experienced seamen in the next 12 months.
2: Oh, me, how come they need that many?
3: Well, uh, merchant marines got a big job to do. Yeah, well. i Oh, sure. They got to haul of gargoyles practical all over the world. Well? Got to get the stuff to our soldiers wherever they're fighting at. Uh huh. Facts is, they got a whole lot bigger job than most folks realize. They're sort of unsang heroes, you might say.
2: Unsang? Yeah. Well, they could learn them to sing. That ain't hard. Sister Sampson would give them some lessons along. Well, what
3: I mean is, people don't give them enough credit for the good work they're doing. Oh.
2: Um, but
3: I'm in hopes that this play of mine will change that altitude around Pine Ridge here, anyway. Well,
2: uh, uh, are we going to wear sailor suits and all that? Wait a minute, wait a minute. Turk on Cedric and Mousy right now. Oh,
3: well, good. Now we can get down to some good steady practice. I Practicing. Want, yeah, I want everybody to memorize his part good by Saturday night.
2: Oh, all right, man. I'll sit up all night long and say this thing over to myself.
3: Oh, what a beauty day.
2: <laughs> uh, hello, everybody. Yeah,
3: hurry you, fellas. Get in here. We want to get out of work. Yes, sir. How are you, Mousy? Ain't saw you around much lately.
2: Hello, sir. I've just been feeling too tired to go out much long.
3: Working hard, huh?
2: Yes, sir. That and, well... Gussie has decided to reduce, so she bought one of those rowing machines. Oh, well,
3: why should that make you tired?
2: Well, I have to do the rowing.
3: Oh, well, that ain't more than right, I reckon. A man ought to do the role.
2: Yes, sir, that's what Well,
3: come said. on, let's get started with the play acting. Yeah, I yeah, let's, sir, let's get started.
2: Yeah, that's what I like to do. Oh, me too, boy. Now, uh, give yes, Cedric Mouse there part turn. Let's stop mm-hmm. this jaw flapping here and get yeah, down right. to work. There there, there, sir.
3: Now, the lines you're supposed to read are marked right in there. Yes,
2: sir.
3: Now, the main idea of this play is to show how important it is to get some new merchant seamans to sign up. Points out how a gargo ship can be held up from sailing for the lack of just one man.
2: One man? You mean one man can sail one of them big ships all by himself? Oh,
3: no, silly. I mean, the ship can be held up when the crew's one man short. Held up? Yeah, like maybe they need a first mate or a telegrapher or an engineer or something like that. Oh. Uh, and sometimes one day's delay in a gargo ship might cause death and casualties for men at the front. Hmm. Huh. But here, no use me telling you everything. Play explains everything. Let's yeah. get started, practice.
2: Yeah, yeah, it's done. I'm ready. And I believe I'll act in my middle-sized voice today, but I'm maybe my low and I'll talk. The rest of
3: you me. fellas all set? Yes. Yes, Mom, I'm ready. Yeah, I'm too. All right, then. Now, we'll pretend that the stage is right there. Huh? About from the stove over there to the pickle barrel. All
2: right, in through there, huh? Yeah. Yeah.
3: Now, the first scene opens up in uh, Captain, captain of uh, Captain. Admiral Larkspur.
2: In the what, long?
3: In the cabin of Captain Admiral Larkspur. That's me. And the assistant captain, that's you, Abner. Yeah,
2: I see it's marks here for me. Yeah, yeah.
3: Yeah, you've just come back from the officer's mess, and you're... I sp- did what? Come back from the officer's mess. That's where they eat.
2: Well, if they can't eat nicer than that, I ain't gonna eat with them no more. I'll eat off by myself sometimes. Well, that's, that's just what,
3: what it's called, Abner.
2: Eat up in the crow's mess.
3: Oh, All right, uh, cabin door opens, and in you come. A
2: cabin door? What are we doing here, uh, Uncle Tom's cabin? No,
3: no, of course
2: not. I thought you said this was about a ship
3: line. Well, it is. This is a
2: captain's cabin on board the ship. Now, huh. hurry up and read your lines. Must answer. be a hillbilly. has to have a cabin bill on a boat for himself. Uh, am I, am I in a cabin now? Yeah. Old, so old cabin You now. started out. Go ahead. Oh, I see. Yeah. A-A, Captain Admiral Loxford. A-A. A-A, sir. What are we voting on, anyway?
3: Is the gargoyle all loaded, assistant captain?
2: A-A, sir.
3: Is the hatches all hatched down?
2: A-A, sir. Is that all I got to say, is A-A?
3: Oh, you got some more words there in a minute. Oh. Is the battens all buttoned down, or battened down?
2: A-A, sir.
3: Are we ready to weigh anchor, then?
2: Well, do I have to weigh a an anchor to be in this play long. Them things are heavy. Just what difference does it make? Read your mean?
3: lines, there, Admiral? That's Hope they got a little. What you have to do now?
2: Yeah, all right. Uh, I know, sir. Captain, Admiral, Lord sir. We ain't ready to weigh anchor, sir. Oh, but I'm glad to hear that. Don't have to weigh it, anyway. Why?
3: What is the trouble?
2: I am one short man, sir.
3: That's I am one man short.
2: Oh, oh! I am one man short, sir.
3: I need a oiler. I don't need no oiler, long. The ship does, though. Ships don't squeak. They ain't got no wheels on them. And there's lots of machinery on ships. that has to be oil. Huh? Now, just hash up and read what you're supposed to. Do?
2: All right. A oiler, huh? H-M-M, H-M-M. That is unfortunate. Oh, well,
3: I'm, I'm supposed to read that. You're getting into my part.
2: There. Oh, oh. A oiler,
3: huh? Hmm, hmm. Oh, that's That right. is unfortunate. We have a importance cargo on board, and it must not be delayed for lack of one man. Man, call the head telegrapher.
2: Hey, hey, sir. Buzz, buzz. Well, them sound uh, effects. Huh? Um, oh,
3: them sound effects. We're we're buzzing for the telegrapher.
2: Oh, uh, ah, um, uh, Here comes the head telegrapher now. Hello, telegrapher. Oh, Did you buzz, sir? Ah boss. Hey hey. Hey
3: This is fun, boy.
2: Yeah, <laughs> sorter, <in> anyway. <laughs> what what does it mean? Huh?
3: Just keep reading there, you fellas.
2: Uh, uh, here, sir, is head telegrapher Adams, sir. Oh, what about? That you
3: said. Oh, excuse me, no wonder I couldn't see me.
2: <laughs> <laughs> send out
3: a message as to wit for follows. Huh. Head telegrapher Adams.
2: Hey hey they are supposed to say, "Sir Cedric." Hey, hey, Sir Cedric.
3: Wanted at once, one able-bodied oiler for the good ship S S S galleon.
2: Huh.
3: All applicants apply at once by warrant collect to United States Merchant Marine, Washington D.C. Send that out by Moses code. Yes, ma'am.
2: a uh-huh. A-A, hey, hey, sir. Hey, hey,
3: sir. Tap, 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 tap. Tap, tap, tap. What's tap?
2: that tapping stuff,
3: Long? I don't know. It's wrote down
2: here. Huh? Well, Does Cedric do a tap dance in this show, Long?
3: No, he's just sending out the Moses Code. Huh? And that's the end of the first act now. Now, the big
2: search for an oiler starts. But they got woodpeckers on their boat.
3: Got to find one to keep the ship from being held up. The second act opens up in the office of a merchant's marine recruiting office. That's you, Granddad. And in walks a big, husky, rough, tough feller named Arnside Zolson. That's you, Mousy.
2: Yes, sir.
3: All right. Now, here goes for act two. You're first, Mousy.
2: Yes, sir. Ah, uh, howdy do you do. I have came to apply for a job as oiler. Oh, I
3: see. Come in and set my boy down, er, and set down my boy. Yes, sir. You say you want this job. What are your qualifications for same?
2: My horns, woggles. I am a... Rough man of the sea I am stout as a iron bucky
3: I can see that, Ironsides Olson. But are you a good oiler?
2: I am the roughest and toughest And the strongest oiler That has ever sailed the seven seas I have handled some of the biggest Hardest oiling jobs From Davy Jones Locker room. Wait a minute,
3: Ironsides I believe that's our ring yes, You get it, Abner I don't want to get out of the mood of the play.
2: Yeah, I'll get it, sure. Yeah. Hello, John and store Library. Assistant Captain doing a talking. Hello? Oh, oh, just a minute. Here, it's for you, Mousy. Yes, sir. <laughs> Thank you. Hello? This is old Ironside speaking. What the heck do you want? Oh, well, I didn't know it was you, Gussie. Yes, but honey, I didn't... Yes, Gussie. Yes, Gussie. By the way, goodbye, Gussie. Who who
0: was that, Mr. Mills?
2: Gee, Lum, I guess I'll have to drop out of the play. I can't be a rough, tough oiler after all.
0: Well, why not? Well,
2: Gussie wants to wear her new blue dress today.
3: Well, what's that got to do with you? (laughs)
2: Well, see, I haven't finished whipping the lace on the collar yet. Well, oh, so long, fellas. I better get right out of here, I guess. Well, so long, Lord. Yes, I'll go
7: Well. <laughs>
1: Join us again at the same time for another visit with Lum and Abner down in Pine Ridge. Meanwhile, good night and good health to you all. Gene Baker speaking. This is the Blue Network.
0: That will do it for today. If you uh, have a comment, email me box13 at greatdetectives.net. I welcome your story or that of loved ones who served during World War Two. Ken Curlin provides our opening theme music, Kenkerlin.com. I am your host, Adam Graham. This uh, series is provided as a service of the Great Detectives of Old Time Radio, GreatDetectives.net.